Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Jezreel Valley in the Lower Galilee. I am so glad that you could join me today. Today is the 12th and last episode of the first season. The show will continue back again in the early part of 2021. Today's episode is entitled, My Mosaic Story. Around 20 years ago, I started to write down, in memoir style, shape and form, the different narratives that make up my life. The many different individuals, family members, places and experiences from my past and present are too numerous for one episode. But hopefully, after today's show, you will get a glimpse inside my family's unique history. On this episode, I will read a portion of my unpublished memoir. As I've stated before on a prior broadcast, everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a place or places that have molded and shaped our personhood, a one-of-a-kind personhood that is something that only you have in the entire world. There will never be another you, and only you can tell your own personal story in your own way, memory, and reality. In my opinion, so many of today's issues, problems, misunderstandings, and challenges could be solved on a grassroots level if each of us took the time to get to know each other's life stories. We would all get a clear understanding of the way things are and not as we think they are. So much of our lives are fast-paced and we are all busy trying to survive in this world, trying to repair the past, planning for the future, or simply coming to grips with our own present realities of this global pandemic. The first goal of today's show is to try and inspire you to reacquaint yourself with your own personal story and begin to share it with others, write it down, or simply reminisce. The second goal is for you to have direct access into the world that I came from so that you can understand my viewpoints better. Let's talk story. As I mentioned earlier, I wrote down my life events. Today, I would like to read portions from out of my unpublished memoir. Are you ready? Let's travel back into time and space together. The name of the unpublished memoir is called A Cross Between. In this work, I describe my formative stages in a chapter called 1971. Here is how it reads. Legend has it that Port Maria is the place where Columbus first fell in love with the island of Jamaica. Mom once told me that the 70s were a time of change in the political state of the world. Free spirits and music lovers were dressed in mud attire while listening to the sounds of the revolution at Woodstock two years prior. Man had landed on the moon in the same year. Jamaican Prime Minister Hugh Shearer was trying to navigate his fledgling country through the rapid waters of independence. The conditions of my delivery were almost suitable for a real quote-unquote hippie. Port Maria was caught in a time warp and its antiquated facilities were sorely lacking. Mom told me that only a small metal bowl was used to transfer me out of her body and into reality. There were no doctors available. 
only a few midwives that somehow managed an entire ward along with a curious white owl that flew into our room, perching himself on the windowsill. Just to give you an idea of my parents' background and the lives they came from, I share in the same chapter about them. It reads, My parents' upbringings, cultures, and places of birth were as opposite as night is from day. Dad was born and raised on the Caribbean island of Jamaica. Mom was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised on Long Island. Dad's family tree stemmed from Southeast Asia, parts of Europe, and Africa. Mom's roots reached back into the communities of Belarus, Ukraine, and Austria. Dad grew up in abject poverty. Mom was from an upper-middle-class family. Dad was from a single-parent home. Mom's parents were married for over 60 years. Dad never finished high school. When Mom graduated high school, she was given a brand-new car, a Jaguar. Dad never had the opportunity to further his education. Mom graduated cum laude from Boston University and went on to receive her master's degree from Bank Street College. Dad was a jazz musician. Mom was a school teacher. How could two people with such polar opposite cultures, socioeconomic backgrounds, and racial differences be drawn together in a time when Jim Crow was the order of the day? Dad was Jamaican. Mom was Jewish. And me, a little bit of both. I was inside two worlds, yet never fully a part of either one. I would have to find out who I was and where I belonged. In looking back at my mother's formative stages of her life, I feel there are two words that came to define that time period. They were mishpacha and unanswered questions. Mishpacha is the Hebrew word for family. In the chapter entitled Mishpacha, I describe mom's early life. Here is how it reads. Mom was born in Brooklyn, where she was surrounded by hundreds of members of the Orthodox Jewish community. Mom's childhood was chock full of unanswered questions, which she said her parents never addressed. For the most part, her parents' generation worked hard, kept things close to the vest, and were busily concerned with pursuing the American dream after World War II. Mom had questions about the meaning of life. One time she asked her mother, Mom, what happens to a person after they die? Grandma responded, Why are you so sad? Why are you asking such a depressing question? The unanswered questions created a yawning chasm which grew as time went on. Mom became disenchanted by her Jewish-American heritage and her inner frustration became the catalyst that propelled her deep into the quote-unquote hippie life. I describe my dad's early beginnings in a chapter entitled Roots from Another Soil. Dad's early life was deeply connected with the land of Jamaica and his single-parent upbringing. It reads, Dad was raised on the scenic northeast coast of the parish of St. Mary in Jamaica and was raised by my grandfather, Percival Tarod, who we all affectionately called Uncle P. His tiny frame was overshadowed by his zest for life. He drove a bread van for a living 
Dad described Uncle P as a caring man. My dad was raised as an underprivileged country youth whose life was marred by the absence of a mother. He never had anyone to tuck him into bed at night, read him fairy tales, or give him a warm glass of milk and a handful of chocolate chip cookies. He was concerned with the daily chores of watching after his brothers and sisters and finding food for dinner. He would often walk through the quote-unquote bush looking for mangoes and jelly coconuts for lunch. The bush all across the inland and outskirts was what the natives referred to as the hidden paths, deep woods, and off-roads of rural Jamaica. A lyrical habitation where colorful doctor birds, which are a type of swallowtail hummingbird that would fly in between limber branches as tiny lizards crawled from decayed wood to moss-covered rocks freely. The splendor of lanky tropical fruit trees swaying in the island breeze and clay-like reddish dirt amidst jagged stones greeted each person along their journey. Walk deeply enough inland and you might embark on an Arawak cave or a mongoose scampering in search of a fresh meal. Pick a shrub called the leaf of life and you could enjoy a healthy treat which was bitter but its medicinal qualities were known for healing. Dad was surrounded by a touch of Eden. My parents met in Paris during the month of April at the Café Ardubussy. They were destined to meet. Dad had become a tenor saxophone and flute prodigy, and Mom was a hippie following the jazz scene with her best friend Martha. To give you a feeling of what type of music free jazz was like in the 60s, I want to let you hear a piece of what he was playing.
mom and dad's love would eventually end up in Jamaica in 1971, where they got married and had me. In 1972, our family would go through a severing and a splintering. Dad became a Rastafarian, and mom and him went their separate ways. New York City and upstate New York would be the stomping grounds that would shape and mold me for the next 13 years of my life. These would be the birthplaces of my sister and my brother. I grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I was raised by my mother, my grandparents, and my mother's best friend named Martha, who we affectionately called Auntie. I would develop strong friendships with neighborhood friends and connect with lives that I am still in touch with to this very day. My grandparents on my mother's side were known to me as Poppy and Grandma. I wrote about them in a chapter entitled Poppy and Grandma. It reads, My mother's parents were like second parents to me. I spent many weekends at their home in West Hempstead, New York. Grandma never went to college, yet this never stopped her from pursuing reading voraciously. She was bright and intuitive. She never told me to read books. She just inspired me by her example. Poppy was a once-in-a-lifetime personality. When you met him, he left an unforgettable impression on you. Poppy had a great shtick and loved to entertain. When I would ask him, How are you, Poppy? He would answer, How should I be? For him, life was seeing people laugh, cracking a smile, and remembering an era when families ate together around the dinner table. My second mother, Auntie, was another person that I spent a lot of time growing up with. I wrote about her in a chapter called Auntie. It reads, The closest person that I knew in my life, other than my mom and grandparents, was a woman I called Auntie. She lived a couple of blocks away from us, and her real name was Martha. She was my mother's best friend. They went to the same college and had a lot of things in common. Auntie was Jewish, had a similar socioeconomic background, was from a family of businessmen, and well-educated. Auntie was with us for Passover, Hanukkah, New Year's, and every birthday party I ever had. If she was missing, the celebration seemed incomplete. Hanukkah was a season filled with immense excitement. The kindling of the candles on the menorah for eight straight days and the fervent anticipation of unwrapping presents captivated my heart and soul. We played spin the dreidel and ate chocolate gelt. Auntie retold the miracle of Hanukkah as previous Jewish families had done for generations. All in all, I love being with Auntie and she loved being with me. My dad's mom was known by everyone as Miss Iris. She relocated from Jamaica to live in England and sent for my father when he was at the age of 14 to come and live with her. I also wrote about her in a chapter entitled A New Sound Rising. It reads, Miss Iris was a spiritual woman who loved church life as it became the source of her community. She had a knack for memorizing scripture verses and playing the harmonica. Often as a child, she would place me on her lap and treat me to an old African-American spiritual on her antique harmonica. She breathed into her instrument with verve and soul, 
and while listening, I felt as if I was traveling in and out of her experiences as the soulful notes reached a crescendo. Of all the experiences I had as a child in New York City, there's one event that was life-changing for our entire family. I outline it in the chapter called 94.7 FM. It reads, On May 25, 1975, Mom was listening to the radio. It was tuned to 94.7 WFME, the family radio station, which Auntie listened to whenever she came over. The song, Give Them All to Jesus, was playing, sung by gospel artist Evie Tornquist, known as Evie. The words pierce Mom's heart. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap all those shattered dreams of your life and at the feet of Jesus lay them down. Give them all, give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, and broken toys. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus and he will turn your sorrows into joy. He never said you'd only see sunshine. He never said there would be no rain. He only promised a heart full of singing about the very thing that once brought pain. Mom knelt down on the floor and began to cry. Through the tears streaming down her face, she could see many of my toys scattered over the living room floor. Her life was in shambles. Her son didn't have a father. She was lonely, and she so desperately wanted her marriage restored. She embraced the message of the song, and her life changed forever. She found a new start. I was four years old, and I too put my faith in a God I couldn't see. Life would never be the same. The next few years would be filled with prayers for my dad. In 1977, after over five years of separation, dad contacted us. He had experienced a life-altering event on the hills of Galena in Jamaica. Years of hopelessness, depression, and peacelessness filled his life. Dad was at the top of the hill, at the lowest point of his life. It was there that he called out to God for mercy, and his whole person was miraculously, instantly transformed. He was a new creature. We were reunited again. My dreams had been actualized, and my prayers answered. In my unpublished writing, I wrote about the rejoining of my family in the chapter entitled, In the Arms of My Father. It reads, The day we boarded the airplane for the flight to Jamaica, I was so excited that I kept making a clicking noise with my tongue. I guess it must have been the mixed emotions running throughout my body. As the plane began to ascend, the feeling inside me increased that this was the greatest day of my life. As we got nearer to Jamaica, I was scared. I was going to face someone I didn't know. The plane landed in Montego Bay. We left customs and walked outside the airport building. I saw a man in the distance. He was my father. I left my mother's side. Letting go of all my feelings and thoughts, I started running towards him to embrace him. I was in the arms of my father. He hugged me. I felt the love that he had for me reach deeply 
and touching the very essence of my being. I leave you today with Dad, Kenneth Thoreau, playing the flute during this season of lights and miracles. The song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that was recorded in the studios of WKCR in New York City took place in August 2018 when my dad was interviewed by jazz enthusiast Clifford Price. May we all experience God's presence throughout this entire holiday season.